I don't know about you guys, but I am a morning person. I always have been. Ever since I was a little kid, uh, when I got up in the morning, everything felt fresh and new and life was filled with possibilities. But as a morning person, as the days would inevitably go by and you deal with the, the various frustrations and struggles, I would lose a little bit of my steam. And then when the night rolled around, I felt a lot less hopeful about things than I always did in the morning. But it's okay, because in the morning I wake up and I feel renewed and refreshed again, and it's, it's awesome. Now, I am fully aware that this morning person mentality is annoying to a lot of people. By the way, I heard the amens right through the video screen on that. My sister is one of you. I mean, that girl could sleep in until 11 o'clock every morning, uh, and then you don't want to talk to her until she's had her first cup of coffee. But then as the day gets rolling, she she gets rolling, and when the, when the night rolls around, uh, she's ready and raring to go. There's another group of people, though. Um, they're the ones I would probably call the realists, I guess you could say. They're the ones that experience life no matter what time of day, just the way life is, with the way uh, what life has thrown at them. Um, they're realists. They just deal with it as it comes along. Well, this morning, on this Easter morning, I want to, to uh, introduce you to some people who experienced the very first Easter morning from each of these various perspectives. So, if you're ready, come on, join me. It was early on that first Easter morning when uh, Mary Magdalene and some other women went to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body for a proper burial. But when they got there, they found that it was empty. Now this is how I can tell um, that Mary was probably not a morning person. Because when they found that the, that, the, that the tomb was empty, they didn't go, wow, Jesus is risen from the dead. They said, or she said, somebody must have stole his body. Now, some of you are sitting back and you're thinking, that doesn't mean she wasn't a morning person. That means she's probably more of a realist. Well, you might be right about that if it weren't for what happens next. You see, right about that time, it says there in Luke chapter 24, that um, two men in shining garments, we think they were probably angels, right? They, they come up to Mary and these other women and they say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is risen! And then it says in Luke chapter 24, verse 11, I believe, this is the part that helps me to know that Mary was probably not a morning person. Upon hearing what these two men in shining garments say, she says, she considers what they have to say as idle tales. And at that moment, at least, she chooses not to believe. Later on that same day on Easter, um, the Bible says in Luke chapter 24 that, as it continues, that there were two guys walking down a road towards a little town called Emmaus. It was about seven miles from, from Jerusalem. And as they were walking, they were talking about everything that had transpired the previous week with regards to this man, Jesus. Now, as they were walking down the road, there was another man walking towards them who happened to be Jesus himself. Now, they didn't recognize him. I mean, after all, why would they? Uh, they had seen with their own eyes that, that Jesus had, had 
died. He'd been crucified. It wasn't realistic to think that that man could be Jesus. So they never even considered it. Well, anyway, as the scripture continues, it says that um, Jesus walks up to them and he says, why so sad? And they look at him with kind of this incredulous uh, face and they say, are you the only one in Jerusalem who's not heard of Jesus and everything that happened to him? They then proceed to explain and tell the story. And then eventually, as the story goes, Jesus looks at them and kind of shakes his head and he said, oh, you foolish men. Why are you so slow to believe what the prophets had to say about the Christ? That he must suffer these things before entering into his glory. Well, I'll tell you why they were so slow. Because they were realists. All right, the last story I have to tell you happens in the evening of that very first Easter. The disciples have gathered in a, uh, a room and the door is locked because they're scared, but they're also hopeful. They're hopeful because they, they are starting to believe that maybe Jesus actually did rise from the dead. There had been enough accounts, first-hand accounts, eyewitness accounts, to suggest that maybe he did. Everybody was believing. Everybody, that is, except for, you know who it is, Thomas, right? I think Thomas has gotten uh, a bad rap over the years, by the way. I mean, he, over the centuries, he's become known as Doubting Thomas right? But people often forget that Thomas was the first disciple to proclaim that he was willing to lay down his life, that he was willing to die for the cause of Christ. That doesn't sound like a, a doubter to me. That sounds like someone who sold out. Sounds like a barbarian, right? Well, this is what makes me think maybe Thomas was a morning person. I mean, if Thomas had been uh, among those that went to the, the tomb early in the morning, maybe he would have been the one that would say, no, Jesus is risen from the dead. But remember, this is at the end of the day, and, and the, the events of the past week have, have kind of sucked the hope from him. And he looks at his fellow disciples and he says, I, I don't believe it, I can't believe it, I'm not going to believe it, unless I can stick the finger, my own finger, into the nail scars in his hand. And as I said it there in uh, John chapter 20, it says that, that Jesus appears among them suddenly, and he walks up to Thomas, and he says, okay, do it. It's easy for us to sit back and, and judge these guys these people that we've looked at today, thinking, why in the world did they doubt? Why couldn't they see that God was in control, that God had a plan, and that he was going to take all this chaos that they were living and work it together for the good? We have hindsight, right? We have 2,000 years of, of world history to draw upon to see that this is what God was doing. Well, wouldn't it be ironic if today, on this particular Easter Sunday, when faced with all the unprecedented events that, that we in this world are facing today, wouldn't it be ironic if we forgot the lessons of that very first Easter? That God is in control, even when everything feels like it's in chaos. That God does have a plan, that, and that all things work together for the good in God's hands. If we're willing to give it to God and trust in God. 
Jesus rose from the dead, gaining victory over sin and death and chaos for you and for me. Folks, we are Easter people, and we need to start acting like it. We need to, to show the world, to demonstrate to the world in the midst of these, these uh, the coronavirus and, and a failing economy. We need to demonstrate to the world that God still is in control and there is hope. We simply have to believe in the one who gained victory over sin and death. In the one who gave hope in the midst of chaos. In the one that offers eternity and salvation to anyone who will choose to believe we are Easter people. Because there's a world out there that needs to believe, that needs to have the same hope that we do. Happy Easter, friends. So as I said at the beginning of this uh, service, God, it, Jesus is no longer in his grave. People checked. There is no story throughout all of history of Jesus still being in his grave because he simply just isn't there. And that gives us a lot of reason to celebrate. But I can tell you where he is. And as I said before, he's on his throne in heaven, reigning over all creation. I'd like to read for you a scripture from the book of Psalms, chapter 9. We're going to be reading verses 7 through 10. If you'd like to read along, the words will be on the screen. I encourage you to read and meditate on these words. It says, But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Put their trust in you for you O lord have not forsaken those who seek you i encourage you all seek the lord today and praise the god who has set you free how great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain i could not climb in desperation i turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your love and kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to burn my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven, the King of kings. 
calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ my us Easter people. So let's go out and be God's Easter people for the world. <laughs> 